Okay, so to all of the listeners of My Fluent Podcast, this was actually a request by me. I'm Stephen DeVincenzi from Simple English News Daily, Send7, and I was on My Fluent Podcast about a year ago, maybe a bit less. And I actually said to Daniel afterwards, on my podcast, I don't do interviews with people and I really wanted to I wanted to have the opportunity to do this to ask the questions instead of being a guest and so I asked Daniel maybe we could do the reverse today and I could ask Daniel questions about his life and about Switzerland and stuff like that which is why we are doing this today right exactly and I must admit that I am a bit nervous right because (laughs) as a matter of fact I am not the best example of a Swiss citizen and <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you why because for example instead of learning one of the languages that we, we are speaking in Switzerland I am improving my English right I am learning English and English is not an official language and another reason is instead of watching Swiss television I prefer binge watching some Netflix series from the UK or from America and I try to watch them always in English so that I can improve and another example is instead of eating or ordering food from Switzerland I prefer to order sushi or pizza or something from another country Delicious food. and and also I I did not perform military service in Switzerland and well, there goes one of my questions. <laughs> oh no. No, but it's no worries. We can come to that later. And also, I don't even know the national anthem, right? I don't know it by heart. I don't know it. So I am really a bad example, but <laughs> but we will see. <laughs> uh, well, you are still a Swiss uh, person. You're a Swiss citizen. Of course. And and Uh, Well, let's start with that then. Have you lived all of your life in Switzerland? Yes, I have. But my father comes from Argentina. So I grew up in Switzerland, but my father talked to me in Spanish. So I grew up bilingually. So my mother tongue is Swiss German and it is similar to standard German, but only, only a little bit because when I am talking to German people, for example, when I am using my own dialect, they won't understand me because our words are really exotic or, or different, right? And also the pronunciation, yeah. grammar and stuff. And even in Switzerland, when I am talking to other Swiss German guys, they don't understand me always because my dialect is considered to be one of the most strangest in Switzerland. Because of where you live exactly within Switzerland? Yes, or to be more specific, where I grew up. Because nowadays I moved away. But in the beginning, in my childhood, I was in a district, in a canton called the Valley. And the Valley is surrounded by mountains and... As you can imagine, it had a a huge influence on our dialect. So our dialect is 
way different, way more different than other Swiss German dialects. Yeah. Okay. Well, it just just so that people can picture it. Well, maybe we can get a, a map of Switzerland up. But you've got Switzerland with Germany uh, to the north, exactly, and you've got France to the to the west, uh, west, and you have Austria to the east. Yes and Italy to the south. Exactly. Where did you grow so up? So I was near Italy. So I was in the south of Switzerland. And <laughs> in fact, by train, you only had to travel less than half an hour. And you were in Italy, in Domodossola, it is called wow. the town. <clears throat> so I grew up really near Italy. And mm. yeah, this is also a reason why in my dialect, we have a lot of words that are similar to Italian. And, mm. and we have words which are also similar to French. So it's, it's really a hodgepodge. And Ooh. could you give an example <laughs> of something yeah. which is similar to, to Italian okay. or to French? An example would be a poussette, poussette. Uh, Pousset uh, mm. is like a, a trolley to to um, where the baby is, uh, and you can mm, yeah. transport the baby in the trolley. Yeah, pushchair, a pushchair, in English, I think. Okay, and in my dialect, I say pousset, and and I think also in French it would be pousset. And in German, do you know what that is in in German German? Ein Kinderwagen. Uh, yeah, Kinderwagen makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and. There are many words and <laughs> it is funny because I was not at all aware of it, but my girlfriend noticed it and mocked me. <laughs> in, in the beginning, I told her, no, you are kidding me, right? But, but then I noticed and, and yeah. I was aware of it. So this is really, that's really nice. Really nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we can go back a little bit and get a more of a general picture just for people who don't know uh, can you just explain the general language situation of Switzerland what the official languages are more or less how many people speak them that kind of thing yes of course sure so in Switzerland even though we only have 8 million people even though it is a very small country, we have four official languages that are, I will begin in the reverse. I will begin with the, the smallest one, which is Retoromanic or Rumanche. I don't know exactly which one is, is right in English, but... The, the one I've heard of, Daniel, is Romanche. I've never heard of this Retoromanic, yes, exactly, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, let's call it Romanche. And mm. only about 40,000 people are speaking it. And I think it is also a language which is endangered. Yeah, mm. it is one of a, of a lot of languages which are endangered to get extinguished, right? Yeah. And then we have... It I, yeah. Before you move on, sorry, but have you met people who speak Romanche? Yeah, yeah, of course, I have met people. But the thing is, I don't understand Romance. And of to course, me, yeah. it, it sounds a little bit like a hodgepodge or a, a mixture right. between Latin and Italian, 
maybe, mm. but I really like it. Yeah. Do you think that Italian speakers might understand Romansh or mm, not? No, I would say maybe they can notice a few words. Yeah. But I wouldn't say so. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that the people who speak Romansh as their first language they probably they speak another language yes. as well, right? Yes, of course. Maybe Italian. They 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 have to, right? Because when yeah. they grew up in school they learn German and as only so little people are speaking Romansh, they are forced to to learn other languages, of course. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I'll let you go on to the next language now. The next language would be Italian. I'm not quite sure how many people are speaking it, but my guess is it is a wild guess, right? Maybe yeah. 300,000 people or 400,000. Okay, so maybe 10%. Or yeah, maybe. Something like that. We can look this up later. Yeah. <laughs> and then French, of course. But the main part of the people are speaking Swiss German. I would say half half the people of Switzerland. Mm. But as I mentioned before, it is Swiss German. So it is not the same than standard German. And is it different even when you write it down? Is the the words that you write down, are they different as well? And the way that things are spelt, for example? Of course, it is very complicated because there are so many different dialects. It is difficult to pick just one dialect. And when we go to school, the books are all written in standard German. There is no no dialect books. Mm. Of course, maybe there are dialect books, some dictionaries, right? When we grow up in school and on television, on the internet, everything is in standard German. So, yeah, it is special in a way. Okay. But you would say that Swiss German is another language rather than just a different accent? Mm. Dialect, maybe? It's a difficult question because Mm. I would say so because, as I mentioned before, when I am talking to German people, maybe from the north of Germany, they will not understand me. And And people from the south, like Bavaria, they are more likely to understand me? They are more likely to understand me, but you have to know that I am now more than 13 years away from my my home home country, no home country, hometown where I grew up. So that means that I know exactly which words are not understood by others. So I don't use them anymore. And also my dialect has changed automatically, unconsciously, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's just the way how it works, because I am surrounded by so many people who are speaking Mm -hmm. in another way than me. Mm. And then my speech is changing as well. (laughs) Where do you live now, Daniel? I live near Basel. It's it's in the north of uh, Switzerland. It's it's near Mm. the German border. 
So you've changed sides. You grew yeah. up in the south, exactly. and now you've been living. Exactly. You've been living in Basel, uh, close to Basel, for mm. quite a while. Yeah. And now, do you think that your German is a little bit more international, a bit more uh, general, more similar to German <laughs> from Germany? Maybe. Maybe yes, I would say so. Yes, mm. but hopefully my colleagues from my hometown won't listen to me right now. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> or they think you're a, a traitor. Yes. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, so uh, do you think it's very common for people to speak another language? And during your lifetime, have you learned a second language from Switzerland? Do you have to learn a second language from Switzerland when you are at school, for example? So I will begin with the situation back in school. So when I went in the third grade, I had to learn French in school. But of course, as is in every part of the world, I guess, it's not a very effective and efficient way to learn a language. So even though I had many years of French, yeah. it was difficult to being capable of keeping up a conversation. But yeah. I would say because I, I was really keen on languages and I, I love languages in general. For me, it was easy. Yeah, it was easy yeah. to learn it and yeah. And do you think that today you can, can you have a conversation in French more or less? Yeah, I would say so. But of course I would make many mistakes, many grammatical mistakes, but the other mm. person would understand me perfectly, I would say. Yeah. And that is the most important thing in my opinion. Great. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. That's what I always say to my students and that the most important thing is communication. No? Yeah. To get your message to the other person exactly. and the other way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when I was about 17, I had my first English lesson back in school. But these days it's it, quite old, 17. Yes. Quite late. Quite late, yes. And But these days it has changed. So children are learning way earlier English in school and also I mean depending on the canton where you're living the situation is quite different but generally people in in Switzerland the first the first second language they will learn mm -hmm. will be another Swiss language yes no so in Germ in the Swiss German parts it's more likely that they will uh, learn French as a second language in the uh, French-speaking mm -hmm. parts, they're more likely to learn uh, German exactly. as a second language. Yeah, yes. is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And would you say that most people are successful in learning a second Swiss language? Um, <laughs> it's, it's a hard question. For me, it's difficult to say how the situation nowadays is. I would say back then this was definitely not the case because many fellow students struggled a lot but it also it, it depends on where you you are and I would say I, I will give you an example if you are living in Basel in the city 
chances are that you will use the language or other languages way more than if you grew up in a small town in the mountains without mm. internet yeah. and so on, right? So mm -hmm. my guess is that these days uh, the young people or the children and youth and so with YouTube and, and all the stuff on the internet, my guess is that way more people are learning languages than let's say 20 years ago. Mm. Okay, and it's like in Basel, for example, German is the first language in Basel. Yeah. Do you see much French around? Do you see much Italian around? Um, I would say you see rather French, mm. but uh, Basel in general is a very cosmopolitan city. Can mm. I say that? It is very international. Mm. There mm. are many, many cultures in Basel because yeah it is it is very 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 international because there are people from all over the world living in basel mm -hmm. also other languages right um t turkish and, yeah. and many other languages so yeah i guess that it is in every city it is completely different in switzerland and that is also which makes it so beautiful you have that many cultures that many languages you have so many influences and yeah, yeah also mm. when it comes to the landscape and uh, you have different um, type of landscapes, you have mm. parts of Switzerland which have a lot of mountains, others Absolutely. which has not and so there is a, a lot of different things <laughs> yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah well before we move on to that beautiful geography one last question about languages i imagine that uh english of course is constantly coming up as a more and more predominant language in the world i wonder for a country like switzerland whether this might change the way that swiss people interact with each other do you think that, for example, a Swiss-German speaker would still go to a French-speaking city like uh, 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 Geneva or something? Um, and uh, they speak French in Geneva, right? Yes. Yeah, good. I'm getting it right. <laughs> um, or a, a French-speaking person might go to an Italian-speaking part. Do you think that they would still try, first of all, to speak in a Swiss language? Or do you think it's becoming more common that people will just go to English instead? <laughs> I am quite sure that people will rather switch to English directly. It's it's my guess. And yeah. I know that even 25 years ago or 20 years ago, um, it was already the case with some friends uh. of mine. They said they preferred to to just talk in english to to other mm. <laughs> other yeah. um, swiss french guys <laughs> right but, and do you speak english to some swiss people n no it has never occurred to me to speak okay. in english <laughs> with other swiss people to be honest and yeah in, in my case it's it's weird because in my day-to-day -day life also on my work 
I don't use English at all. It's just, it's my hobby. <laughs> it's my passion. Great, <laughs> great, great. Well, let's keep it like that. Brilliant, fantastic. Well, one thing which I found very curious about Switzerland is that it's famous for being this neutral country for many, many, many years uh, that it was not involved in wars even in the First and Second World War, lots of people escaped to Switzerland to escape from fighting and things like that. And I think that is the reason why the Pope in Rome, why uh, his guard is uh, Swiss, because they're supposed to be this neutral yeah. country. But it's also the only country, I think, in Western Europe where there is still a military service, which means that young men, I think it's only men, yes, exactly. have to, it's only men, have to some time in the army. Yeah. How do you think that that's happened and what do you think of it? To be honest, I have no idea why this happened. To me, it is really strange and I didn't know that Switzerland was one of the the only uh, countries that has it here uh, near U Europe, um, but yeah. but yeah, it, it is mandatory and and men from twenty years they they have to spend time on the military, but yeah, as you say, how much time? Well, in the beginning, I think you have to train about 18 weeks i think you are f like full time military and then after that right. period of time you you have to come back every year but i'm not quite sure for many weeks i mm -hmm. guess 3 to 5 weeks i'm not quite sure okay. maybe maybe it's only 2 weeks okay it's it's not as much as in israel or something where they have 3 years or I think in South Korea they have two years as well. It's not as heavy as that. No. It's just weeks at a time yes, rather than years. But I think if you want, you can decide to to make military full-time for two years, I think, and then you have done your part for, for the military and you don't mm. have to come back every year, right? Oh. And mm. in my case, I didn't want to go to the military. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. And what what I had to do is I had to pay then because mm. people who, who don't go to the military, they are forced to pay 4% uh, of your taxable income. Wow. So, wow. So, yeah. What a system. Wow. But but it yeah. yeah, but it's not that that you can decide, right? So <laughs> yeah. but but I am glad that I didn't have to go because yeah, yeah it's not my thing if I can say that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think for a lot of people it's not their <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah. I preferred to to play Call of Duty on my computer than <laughs> to go with real arms yeah. and and so on, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a lot of people in the 21st century would feel the same way. Yeah. Did a lot of your friends choose that option of paying 4% of their salary to not do the military service? No, no. Because actually, 
it's not that you can just decide, right? Because usually there are like two path, paths. Um, you go to the military or you have to, to do civil, civil, um, civil duty or something like that. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that would be something else that benefits the society, like some type of yeah. what community work, care work, possibly, or something for the council or something like that. Yes, something like that. And then I think the more you do that, the less you will have to pay, right? Okay. And you didn't want to do that either. Maybe, <laughs> well, let, let's let's not get. Uh, down that rabbit hole because I don't want want to go to the prison. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone is listening to to that, <laughs> wow! I uh, I wasn't expecting this to be such a controversial topic. <laughs> okay, uh, I suppose I'm I'm lucky that in England I, I don't have to think about this. Yeah, uh, there is no rabbit hole to okay. get lost in. It doesn't exist. Because okay, let's move to something uh, <laughs> less controversial, yes. shall we? Although, actually, uh, this could be controversial, depending on how you look at it. But one thing which is I've always found really special about Switzerland is that you have what we call, some people call, direct democracy, which is where you have people making more direct decisions about big, well, big questions for the country. And the main way that this is shown is referendums. In other countries, it's very, really generally quite rare to have a referendum. I think I'm from England. I can remember two referendums in my life. There was the Brexit referendum, which didn't go my way. And there was one referendum on changing the voting system. And that's it. And I think generally that is the way that most countries have referendums. They're about particularly big things like changing the constitution or something like that. But in Switzerland, it seems like you have one every month or two, something like that. <laughs> so maybe could you tell us what the system for referendums is? Okay, well... There are actually two types of referendums. The first one is the, the mandatory referendum, which means that basically certain laws or, or the, the most important laws that come into action or before they come into force, it's like the, the people have to, to give their okay. So that they have to vote and then they say, yes, okay we want to do that or, or not, right? So something is decided in Parliament, for example, and then they ask the general population to say, yes, we agree. Like that? Yes, exactly. Then yeah. the most part have to, to agree and then it's okay, right? Yeah, it's like the people are the state, right? And the state are the people. Yeah. I see it like that. Yeah. So that finally... That the last decision has the people, and yeah. it's it's not I it's like not just um, some politicians who can yeah. do whatever they want, and they cannot just change the rules. Mm. And then yeah. there is another type, which is the how is it called? 
optional optional referendum. Yeah. For example, if it is not a mandatory referendum, you have still the the possibility. If you don't like, let's say, I don't know, know a law or something. If you don't like it, you can collect signatures. Mm. You need to collect votes, right? I think fifty thousand or something like that. And then, if you collected them, you can put it officially, and yeah. then this referendum um, kicks in. And then, after that, the whole thing goes to the whole Switzerland, and and then again, the people mm. will decide on on whether it can pass or it cannot pass. Oh, yeah, that's a nice idea. So maybe a lot of the referendums that I've seen in the news have been ideas that people have had and they've made a petition and then it's been taken into a referendum. Is that right? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. The ones that I can remember recently, I, I, th I think there was uh, one to legalize gay marriage. I think it was last year or the year before which I think was very easily passed. Did yes, it was. It, I, yeah. I can't remember if it was easily passed. Yeah, I, I assume really so. I assume yeah. so. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, I really like the idea of uh, having more referendums and getting people more engaged in democracy. Yeah. I think that's a, a really nice idea. And I think that Swiss people take it for granted, right? A lot of things, because I would say... In general, living in, in Switzerland is really nice and you have a lot of benefits. And yeah. so this is my own experience. Oftentimes when I listen to others complaining about stuff and, yeah. and oftentimes I can't get it why they are so bothered because I, I yeah. know other situations, for example, yeah. Argentina or even in Italy which is the neighbor of Switzerland. I know how things work or don't work in other yeah. countries. And still, yeah. Swiss citizens, oftentimes they, they are annoyed about little things, right? Yeah. In my opinion. I think but it's... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. And I lived in Argentina for two years. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, let's say the society is less fluid than it is here in the UK. Um, yeah, some ba like basic services are s less accessible. They're still better than other places, but yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, Daniel, but I think generally people like to complain yeah, yeah. about the country Definitely. that they are in, don't they? I mean, here in Switzerland, you can write a letter, you can, you can send it to, the, there is no president in Switzerland, but we have seven presidents they are called Bundesrat. You can you oh. can write a letter to to one of the Bundesrats and you can be pretty sure that you will get an answer. Ah, and brilliant. Chances are high that he will put a signature under the letter. Oh, great. Excellent. Have you tried that, Daniel? No. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. Well, maybe we can think of a, a topic for you to <laughs> write to to one of the seven presidents about. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Is it true, I don't know, I've heard this at some point, is it true that on Sundays, by law, 
you can't make a lot of noise. That there's like, yeah. you, or you can't mow the lawn, or, or I don't know, have your music very loud, or something like that. I'm not sure if this is specifically <laughs> the case for a Sunday, but I know okay. that, for example, on a normal day after 10 p.m. when you are making noise, then the police will come, and uh. so, so yeah, I would say that there is such a law that you are not allowed to make a lot of noise in the night. It is yeah. uh, called Nachtruhestörung in German. That's a long word. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means literally translated, it means uh, um, night rest disturbing. Yeah, it's such a, <laughs> such a German thing to have those three words pushed into one. Isn't it? No, I, I'm not um, quite sure, but I know that Sunday, of course, has a huge meaning because, I mean, above all, with the Catholics, right? If you are religious, then usually you are not allowed to, to work on Sundays. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah. but I can't say what is written in the law. It, it would okay. be interesting maybe, to, to look it up. Maybe it's just a myth. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a myth. Um, Okay, last question about Switzerland. Well, you said at the beginning that you generally prefer to eat foreign food, but what is the typical Swiss dish, the typical food? So the first one I want to mention is fondue. Maybe you have mm. heard about it. It's some sort yeah. of melted cheese. Yeah, you're not going to like this, Daniel, but I actually always thought that that was French. Okay, I see. But it is also possible that some some areas of France are having that as well. Well, I mm. guess so. And then maybe yeah. It, um, and so so fondue would be melted, obviously melted cheese, uh, and then you dip things in. Is that right? Yes, with a with a bread, crucible of bread. Bread. I don't know how to mm. say it. Crouton. Crouton. And, yeah. and then you also can put a little bit wine in it. Mm. White wine. But mm. actually, I don't like it at all. <laughs> oh, is it too rich for you? Yeah, too much cheese in it. I yeah, am not a cheese yeah. guy. <laughs> no, pure fat. Um, and would that be any type of cheese? Or is there a specific cheese that you're supposed to have? with fondue yeah there are specific cheeses that are suitable for that but as i generally i don't like cheese so i can't exactly say or tell you which one is the best because okay in any case i won't try <laughs> okay fair enough so number one swiss food fondue that is not for you yeah. daniel is there another one the other one is more suitable for me but it is not special at all. It is called Rösti. And I think in, I don't know if in, in the UK, you have something similar. Maybe I'm mistaken. It is like hash brown. No, hash brown. Oh, hash brown. So hash brown for me is mostly potato with a bit of onion and then deep fried. Okay, I see you. Yeah, I, it is similar, similar. So, yeah. Rösti, you kind of grate 
a, a boiled potato, you grate it so that you have so uh, small stripes. Yeah. And then you can put it in a pan and then uh yeah, you can also mm. put in onions <coughs> and and that's it, right? And Ooh, yeah. In fact, in when I was in Luxembourg, I remember having something really similar to that. And uh, if we've got any uh, random Luxembourgish person, they can tell us what that was called. But it was just like that. It sounded just like that. And well, yeah. it's delicious. But it's mostly uh, just potato, or does it have something else as well? It comes with different variations. So depending on the region, every region has a speciality. So for instance, you can put a lot of cheese on it too, mm. but this is not my cup of tea, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> and also you can have some sausages alongside right. or <clears throat> some fried eggs. Mm. So it is really a simple yeah. dish, right? It, it is really simple. No vegetables. No vegetables. The the potatoes yeah. are the vegetables. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's not the most healthy dish in the world. Okay, brilliant. That's fantastic. What was that called? Rösti, was it? Oh, I, I would call it Rösti. Rösti, Rösti. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Um, any other typical Swiss food we should know about? Well, there is another cheese <laughs> dish which is called raclette ah, and raclette. it's yeah. also a type of melted cheese but not that much melted than the fondue and okay. then you can uh, eat it together with some boiled potatoes and right. small onions okay. and other stuff but mm. again this is not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, I suppose this is a really fatty food for mm. when you're living in the mountains, in the snowy uh, weather, when it's very cold and you need to yeah. get warm quickly. You know what? It's for that time. I prefer empanadas. Empanadas de ah. Argentina. Or well, asado. <laughs> In, in that case, let's, let's leave Switzerland for a moment, Daniel, and take us to, to Argentina, where your dad is from. You've been to Argentina, I suppose? Yeah, I have been several times, maybe six times. The last time was back in 2017. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. all my relatives from the side of my father are in Argentina. Um, and, and are they in Buenos Aires or somewhere Yes, else? they are in Buenos Aires and in the suburbs of Buenos Aires. Yeah. And mm. my grandparents are in Rio Cuarto. It is maybe eight hours away from Buenos Aires, rather on the east. So it, it's, oh. not in, it's not on the sea. Or, yeah, it's not on the sea. Yeah. Mm. It's towards the border with uh, Brazil, maybe. No, not not that much. Oh, not no, that far not, east. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but okay. yeah, but actually, Iguazu is in Brazil, I think. So you have Brazil, Paraguay, I think, and Argentina, and there yeah. are the waterfalls, the Iguazu waterfalls, yeah. the Las yeah. Cataratas, I think. Yeah, and they are. 
I, I've yes, I've been there, Daniel. They are so beautiful. Yeah, really, one amazing. of the most be- beautiful things I've I've ever seen. If anybody has the opportunity to go to Iguazu, then they definitely should. Do you miss Argentina? Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. When you just said empanadas there, I was uh, I was thinking, oh well, yeah, I could eat an empanada right now. What about But, alfajores? Um, Oh, alfajores, fantastico. Con, yeah, no, con yeah. dulce de leche. <laughs> con dulce de leche, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Yeah, and I love drinking mate as well, which is, which is uh, if people don't know, it's this kind of Argentinian tea which you uh, drink with a metal straw out of a, a cup which is traditionally made of a kind of... Uh, a, small pumpkin vegetable and uh, everybody in Argentina and Uruguay and Paraguay drink mate all the time or most people and uh, I love drinking that do you like mate Daniel yes I like it but I was wondering what do you think because drinking mate is all about being in company drinking together with others and usually you have only one cup of mate Mm. and then you you reach it to to the other persons What do you think about the COVID situation? Did it, <laughs> or will it have an impact on the culture, on the mate culture? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I, I'm sure that it has had some effect. I, I haven't been in Argentina during COVID, um, but I'm sure it would have mm. done that because, yeah, as you say, normally people are sharing one mate, one straw, and passing it between... Four yeah. people, six yeah. people, you know, everybody, the person you meet as you walk down the street, exactly. everybody. So, yeah, for something like mm-hmm. COVID, it, it would have been uh, terrible. But, but the mate culture is so strong in Argentina and Uruguay and Paraguay that I think that probably by now, well, we are recording this on the 4th of April 2022. I'm sure that people there are going back to sharing as normal because that is mate. That's the way that people have done it forever. So I, I'm sure that people have gone back to sharing. Yeah. And to me, it is like a clash of cultures, right? When I am thinking of Argentina and Switzerland, because yeah. it is really like a clash of cultures because the people are so different and yeah, it's amazing. And I love the people from Argentina and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I suppose you would think of the people of Argentina as being very warm exactly. and uh, open, touchy, touchy. and uh, this yeah, yeah, and probably if somebody in Switzerland was going to be sharing a mate with seven people including people they've just met, they might find it a bit strange yeah. right to put something in their mouth <laughs> like that <laughs> yeah definitely um so uh obviously you have been to argentina many times what's your favorite part of argentina or you know place or or thing that you like to do when you're in argentina to be honest it's it's really more the people that that, that i've i find so amazing because most of the time I was just in in Buenos Aires and, and also some areas what, what I saw also on the suburbs it's a little bit beat down 
if I can yeah. say that. So and yeah, and um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got some beautiful areas too, the Recoleta and the Palermo area, and yeah. it's got some. It's got some really nice areas. Caballito is one of my favorite areas in in Buenos Aires. Just it's probably the kind of older looking areas. But yeah, of course, it's got some some rundown yeah. places, and as you say, as well. What I really liked was, for example, the district in Boca, where yeah. Maradona grew up. There has so many houses with graffitis and with a lot of colors and so yeah. on. It's it's um, really impressive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But don't try to go there on a day when there's a football match because, yeah. wow, it is impossible. You can't move. The streets are all completely blocked up, so much traffic. And uh, don't go in there wearing the T-shirt of the wrong football team because uh, you won't survive. Were you able to watch a football match there? I didn't, actually. No, I regret that. I wish I did. Yeah, especially El Clásico, uh, River Boca. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. Um, I remember there was a guy who was exactly looking like Maradona, right? And he was waving and then I was amazed and I was like a little child again. And then <laughs> then he waved to me, um, Sakami una foto, take a picture of me. And then uh, why not, right? And, and, and I, I had my, my phone there and I took a selfie and then <laughs> and then he said, um, he was smiling, right? Always yeah. smiling. And then he came to me and said, y Maradona cobra dólares. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that was the moment was, yeah. in which it clicked, <laughs> right? Oh, no, I am yeah. such a fool. Oh, no. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. I gave him some money. But no, I, I, I was like a child, yeah. right? I yeah. I saw like <laughs> like maybe children see a Mickey Mouse, right? And I was yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is the kind of uh, thing you do once and then after you you remember. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I can't can't take photos with anybody who uh, suggests it anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Well, um, leaving Argentina now, coming back to Switzerland for a moment. Switzerland is a landlocked country. So it's uh, got, as we said before, France, Germany, Austria, that little country, Liechtenstein, and um, Italy around it. Do you, do you travel much into the other countries? Have you traveled much around Europe? Well, as a matter of fact, I have, but due to the COVID situation, it was really hard or impossible to do so. And mm. um, in the past, I also visited some music festivals in Germany, for example. I kind of like that. And mm. also, well, I, I like traveling in general. So for me, it is always great to see new parts and, and new locations. But I, I realized also that Switzerland can also be very beautiful because, yeah, I, I was not always aware of that because it was just normal to me. But mm. as we had no, not that many chances to go away, we, 
we stayed in Switzerland and you have a lot of really beautiful um, hikes or yeah. paths, paths. Would you say that it's mostly be beautiful for the what people think of, like the mountains and lakes? Yes, I, I like most the mountains. And it is mm. kind of funny because I... I grew up surrounded by the mountains. To me, it was yeah. not special at all. And mm. now that I moved away, I feel yeah. like nostalgic feelings and <laughs> I yeah. kind of love it. If you spend too much mm. time in the city, mm. you really want to see yeah. some mountains. Yeah. yeah. No, but let's let's go back again to the other countries because we were talking about other countries. I also, I, I love Spain. I, I love also... Um, Barcelona, it was really cool. I was there several times, yeah. and and what else? I, I mean, in Italy, I I used to go to the t Tuscany, Tuscany. Mm. I don't know how to yeah. say it, Tuscany. Yeah, Tuscany. Yeah, yeah. Because we have some relatives there, and it's just so amazing, because yeah. also the people are so different than than typical swiss people and, and also the more landscape. more similar to uh, the people are more similar to argentinians maybe oh most definitely yes yeah. yes of course <laughs> and, yeah and they, they are also talking with their hands right the yeah Italians. gesticulating yeah. yeah talking with their hands even when they're actually on the phone and they're mm. still uh, pointing things out and things like that no yeah Exactly, but also what um, we we also like to go to the north, like uh, to Norway, mm, and yeah, and yeah, I think it is so beautiful because in every country, the culture is so different, the people are so different, but in the end, you can have a great time together. It it doesn't mm. matter from which culture, which language, and so on. And mm. this is also so fantastic when I started with my podcast because I was able to get in touch with people from all over the world and otherwise I would never have talked to them, right? Mm. So this is uh, really special to me. And Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the similarities between people are much bigger than the differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Um, let's go into your podcast then. H how long have you been doing my fluent podcast? I have started back in 2016, and yeah, it has grown a lot. Yeah, six years. And it has changed mm. a lot as well because in the beginning I had to write down every single word because the goal was to start speaking. I was ashamed of speaking. I was afraid of speaking with people, and. Wow. This kind of helped me to to grow, yeah. This is really, really brilliant, Daniel. You are a living, speaking success story. <laughs> the fact that we are having this conversation yeah. right now shows it. And, uh, well, there you go. Congratulations. And it's I've listened to, I think, one of your first episodes, and it's true. Your English is completely different, you know. You can tell that you feel much more confident and... Uh, natural right now so congratulations thank you very much and just so you know i looked it up yesterday actually the episode with you 
was the 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 most succeeded uh, episode, or let's say that with the most clicks, right? So, oh, wow. so it had about Great. seven thousand clicks. So wow, that's fantastic, Daniel. Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's not what matters because on my podcast, yeah. it's not about money. It's it's about getting in touch with people and connect and share the knowledge. But nevertheless, yeah. it's nice to see mm, yeah. that the, the stats are growing because, of course, it makes more fun when you know there are other people listening. Because yeah, in, in the beginning, yeah, yeah nobody was listening nobody and yeah yeah <laughs> that's fantastic well yeah it was uh, such a pleasure to be on there uh, with you before and now again it's just a very uh, natural conversation i enjoy talking to you so there you go <laughs> yeah me too it was really great and uh, amazing and i wanted to ask you also ab about your podcast do you have any future plans or because i remember on our conversation you said something that you had an idea that maybe you could do some news for saturday in which you would mm. only talk about positive news what happened yes, about that yeah. idea i honestly daniel that <laughs> idea is still in the pipeline as they say i would really want to do that but i just don't have time at the moment you know it's simple english news daily It's a daily podcast. Luckily, I have uh, 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 Juliet who's doing it twice a week, most of the time. So I do it three times a week normally. And Saturday and Sunday is a nice break. Um, but then I'm still working as a primary school teacher at the same time. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm doing part time at the moment. So I work three days a week in the school. But it's It's a very full job, you know. I mean, I wake up at six uh, thirty, uh, and I don't come back from school until uh, yeah, you know, five or maybe six or something. So it's a very, very full, full time kind of. It's a full time, part time job. <laughs> But yeah, I would love for Send Seven to be my job, my my only job. It still needs a bit more time for that to happen. But would you actually do it if you had the possibility to make it your full-time job? Or yeah. would you miss something? I mean, because it's completely different than what you are doing right now as a, yeah. as a primary school teacher. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, I love being a teacher. I've been a teacher for, for many years. Before I was uh, a primary school teacher, as I am now in England, I was teaching English in Argentina and in India and Thailand and some other places. So, yeah, I, I love being a teacher and I think I will always be a teacher in some way. Um, but also since starting Send7 two years ago, it's been such a great experience and I love making it. And uh, I love seeing it grow the same as you've seen yeah. my Fluent podcast grow. It's a great feeling. And I can see the beginnings of it becoming my job. There's some people who already support the podcast with money. If you're listening, thank you so much. <laughs> you, are, you are absolutely helping, helping this dream come true. But yeah, to answer your question, Daniel, yeah, there would be things I miss. But also, 
I really want to see if uh, it's possible. And uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see that happen. I wish you the best luck with that. And, and I really think that you can make it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, totally. Um, at the moment, My Fluent Podcast is... Uh, is you, you normally have an episode every week or two weeks or, or no, something like yeah, that, no? Maybe once a month only. Oh, is it once a month now? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, we're, you've always done this as a passion project. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you see anything different happening for the future of my fluent podcast? Or do you think it will always be like this? I, I love reading books right and i had also the idea to make like a review or something like that in a podcast right when, whenever i am reading a book maybe that i can talk about the chapter because i am reading anyways right and, and so yeah. why not the thoughts that i am having anyways why not putting them in form of a voice message and then releasing it out to the world and then yeah. just waiting and, and see wha mm. what happens because maybe yeah. there are other people who are reading the same thing and then maybe there is a conversation and you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think converting that thing that you already do and love into uh, a project like that exactly. is, is perfect. Exactly. Yeah, a great idea, yeah. Actually, I also, my thinking of doing something completely different because I have always this in my mind that I am just an English learner, but maybe I should do something different and talk about another passion, right? So, yeah. and for me, it is really important that the community can also share their opinion. I have a second podcast, which is called The Vocab Man. And there, yeah. this is yeah. completely something different. And I saw also that it is growing a lot. My because podcast. if I remember right, the vocab man is generally taken from longer episodes. You take something specific no, and then talk about the vocabulary yes. from that. Sometimes, is that right? Sometimes when I come across an expression, this can be from a YouTube video or so on. I then explain it on an episode. So... It's not always that I take something from my film podcast. It can be from everywhere. Or for example, I, I watched a YouTube video and then there was this word hodgepodge, which was used. Yeah. And then I've written an email to the podcaster and I have made a video of myself and I asked yeah. him to explain me what hodgepodge means so that I can yeah. make uh, a woke up man episode out of it and then he right. made it and I, I could edit it and for me it's so much fun I love that Excellent. I could see that I could reach mm. out to many people so that I can push out more episodes brilliant brilliant well uh, I love everything that you're you're doing in both your long episodes and in the, the vo vocab man I can understand why it's becoming more popular all the time well, yeah, I, I wonder whether there's anything else that we should speak about now. I was, uh, I've, I've, I've wrote a little list for myself. I've stuck it up on my window behind me up here. Yeah, okay. And I think we've actually, actually covered all of the main uh, points. Maybe we can do another interview or conversation 
in I Daniel, don't know when. I yeah no I I love uh, having these chats with you. So yeah, whenever you you would like to, maybe we can think of another specific topic or yeah. something that you think would be really interesting, and do it again. And thank you for indulging me. Thank you for allowing me to be an interviewer for once. Yeah, you're welcome. And I have to thank you because you are a great interviewer. And I could really see you um, having your own podcast. And I mean, you have your own podcast. I mean, I could see <laughs> that you you have another podcast in which you you conduct interviews because I yeah. think you you are such a great communicator and and and. You have, for me, you have a typical podcast voice, and 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 that's why it's in a way, it may sound a bit strange, but it's a pity that you are only making uh, a news podcast. You know what I mean? Because yeah, in in your podcast we, we don't see you as a person. It's the news, full yeah. stop. And and it's true. If yeah. you made a podcast about your passion mm. i i'm sure this would blow blow up or this would go go uh, go off like a r racket or i don't know how right. to say it <laughs> yeah 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 oh uh, well again when i have more time i'll yeah. try to do both okay <laughs> but i love i love both things you know and i, I love talking like this and and i often think about doing something focused on the news which is my my topic, my passion, and kind of, as well, but in a more conversational way. But what but, passion uh, in again, specific do um, you mean? Well, people people listen to me to hear the news every day. <laughs> and um, it's not just something I'm making a podcast for. It, I, I really am almost addicted to uh, reading yeah, the I know. news, <laughs> listening about the news. I, I, I spend hours and hours every day involved in world affairs and um so yeah i i i I'm, i would be happy to to talk about this uh, stuff uh, more and hopefully in send seven people can recognize that i i know what i'm talking about i'm not just i'm not just uh, taking random sentences and putting it together <laughs> So hopefully that's noticeable. But if I have more time yeah. one day, then I'd like to make a, a conversational podcast as well. Just a few days after our conversation, Send7 reached 1 million downloads. Congratulations, Steven. Kudos to you. And we are really glad that you are doing such a great podcast for us. So if you liked this interview, You might also like another interview that was conducted almost at the same day with Luke Thompson. So Luke Thompson interviewed Steven about his podcast and also about Steven traveling abroad and him being a teacher and many more things. So it's really interesting. It's on YouTube. The title is learning English with the news and there is a second version of it is the news good for learning English so head over to YouTube or to your usual podcast service and take a listen and just so you know this interview was also shot 
in video footage so you can also take a look on YouTube. I would be more than happy if you could drop me a message on YouTube maybe and give me the thumbs up so that the YouTube channel will grow as well. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and have a good one. I don't want, want to go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anyone is listening to, to that. <laughs> wow, I, uh, I wasn't expecting this to be such a controversial topic. <laughs> okay. Is it true, I've heard this at some point, is it true that on Sundays, by law, you can't make a lot of noise. I must admit that I am a bit nervous. It is yeah. uh, called Nachtruhestörung in German. That's a long word. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means literally translated night rest disturbing. Yeah, it's such a, <laughs> such a German thing to have those three words pushed into one.